0: This episode of Motherhood in Hollywood is sponsored by Kinsa, the world's smartest thermometer. When my daughter Channy isn't feeling well, I turn to my Kinsa smart thermometer for peace of mind. It remembers her temperature, symptoms, and medication history, so I don't have to. And the best part, it even lets me send that info to my doctor. Get your own Kinsa at Kinsahealth.com. Hello, Mama.
1: Grab your popcorn and goobers, it's time for
0: Motherhood in Hollywood with your host, Heather Brooker. This is a crude prude's perspective on being a full-time mom in showbiz. She's not a perfect mom, but she can play one on TV. Hold on to your butts, here's Heather! Welcome to episode 37 of Motherhood in Hollywood. Hi, it's me, Heather Brooker, the sultry, sexy voice behind Motherhood in Hollywood. Hello, well... How are you? Welcome. I'm glad you guys are here today. My guest on the show today is actress and mom, Jill Alexander. If you don't recognize her name right away, you will definitely recognize her face because she's been in over a hundred television commercials and she's been on huge TV shows like Mad Men, Silicon Valley, and most recently she was on Dr. Ken. So I was super grateful that she came by the studio to share her experiences being an actual working actor like this woman is working her buns off and um also finding time still to balance motherhood and which is basically what motherhood in hollywood is all about so she also talks about her experiences with the screen actors guild and currently what's going on with the commercial contracts and um commercial production and non-union production and it's really an interesting situation for those of you who are actors out there um, how, how many of you are involved in the union? Is anybody involved in the Screen Actors Guild? Raise your hands. Are you in your car right now? I can see you. Um, I, uh, you know, I hate to admit this, but I'm actually not that involved in the Screen Actors Guild. Like, I feel like I probably should be. And I don't know why I was thinking about it after Jill left, after we had our conversation. And it's not that I, I mean, you know, when you first moved to LA, everybody fights so hard to get into the union because... The, well, frankly, the pay is better. The benefits are better. Um, you get treated better on set. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it's an important step. Like in order to be considered, you know, a professional actor, you need to be in the professional actors union, which is the Screen Actors Guild Set SAG-AFTRA since the two unions have merged. And I don't, um, I get emails constantly from them about workshops they're doing uh, meetings they're having, you know, I vote every year cause I pay my dues and I, I vote, but I'm not as active in the union as I feel like maybe I should be. I don't, you know, I, I don't know if it's just a different era or if it's just because I didn't really grow up knowing a whole lot about unions. I just know that if I want to work as a professional actor in this business, I have to be in the Screen Actors Guild. So I'm kind of, Using this opportunity um, to kind of glean knowledge—is glean a word? Mm, did I just make up a word? Probably. Um, I'm going using this opportunity uh, that the after the conversation Jill and I had to learn more about the union and what's going on. And are we getting paid what we're supposed to be getting paid? Are we getting the benefits we're supposed to be getting? Are you? Are we getting everything we're supposed to? as actors, because I think so often actors, we're just weird. We want to work. We're desperate. We want to work. We want to get paid. We want to be, you know, that's why I go to auditions and there's 20 women there all reading for two line parts, you know? Um, and there's probably thousands more that were submitted. We want to work. And it's, um, it's unfortunate that we're not more involved in the union. And that's something that, um, Jill goes into, or maybe I should say speak for myself. I'll just speak for myself. Maybe it's unfortunate that I'm not more involved. Maybe you are very involved. Maybe you're volunteering right now at sag I don't know if you are good on you. <laughs> I digress. So what's been happening this week? Um, We had so much fun today. We went to Harry Potter at Universal Studios, got a chance to go there, get a little VIP treatment um, from the folks over there, mostly because I'm friends with a lot of people who work in the VIP department, (laughs) um, which is kind of a nice perk. Thanks, guys. We had some butter beer, which um, Channing, of course, loved. It was really good. I don't know why in my mind I thought it was actual beer, probably because I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan. Um, My friends who are we're like duh obviously it's not real beer um but it was delicious done this nonetheless so if you get a chance to go to check out harry potter at universal studios you should definitely do that we had a blast and then i've had some great auditions this week um you know I don't know. I feel like a D bag sometimes when I say that, like, Oh, it's great auditions. Clearly. I'm just, I'm just the shit and the best, but that's not my intention. Um, my intention is to just be like, here's what's happening in my world every week. And one of the things that I get to do is go and go to auditions. Um, there's this one casting office that calls me in fairly regularly and they are so supportive and so nice. And, the last time I was there, they were like, we're going to get you on one of our shows, <laughs> which as an actor is like one of the most fulfilling and like rewarding things you can hear from a casting director. Cause the casting director is definitely the gateway between, you know, the producers and you. So, If they like you and like what you're doing, they're going to keep bringing you back in to the producers and saying, hey, this girl's real talented. This guy's really amazing. You should see him over and over again until eventually the producers go, oh yeah, she's pretty great. And then hopefully give you a job. Um, This is pilot season right now in LA. And I've been talking to a lot of my actor friends who are somewhat frustrated by the lack of pilots they're going out for or the fact that a lot of pilots seem to be going to uh brand new or not brand new i should say established actors who've been working for a long time maybe they were in films and you know now they're they've realized what a great deal tv is so a lot of the tv pilots you know i think this is sort of becoming a trend i don't think this is something new that's particularly new to this pilot season but everybody's very frustrated um as am I, like I get frustrated from time to time because I just want to have some stability um, in my career. I don't think that's unreasonable. I think with any career that, uh, or any field that you might be in, it's nice to know that you're going to have a job to go to tomorrow. You know, whether it's a nine to five uh, desk job or, you know, it's, it's the consistency that's really nice and rewarding that I do miss, um, enacting because you just, there is no consistency. You don't know if you're going to ever work again. You could work one job, that could be your last job for like 10 years or three years, or maybe your last job for a week. You just don't know. And that's part of the adventure. That's the fun part of acting and having an acting career, but it's also just a huge bummer sometimes. (laughs) Like just a huge bummer. So, um, yeah, it's pilot season. I would like to be cast on a pilot. You know what? I'm just going to say that. I'm just going to fucking say that right now. I want to be, uh, on a TV show guys. The dream is alive. Keeping the dream alive, as I hope you are as well. Whatever your, whatever your dreams might be. So, um, really quick update about the MIH 15 by 15. If you guys haven't heard, I'm we are at the halfway point now in the MIH 15 by 15, which is my goal, my weight loss challenge to myself to lose 15 pounds by my 15th wedding anniversary, which is coming up in May, and it's going really well. I've gotten to try some pretty amazing workouts, um, in LA and in the next week or so, I've got a bunch more. I'm going to go do this thing called tap aerobics, which is like a tapping aerobics class. I also want to go do try silks. Like you see in the circus, um, those incredibly beautiful, uh, bodies of just sort of like rolling down these long silky fabric pieces. It's pretty incredible to see. And I'm going to see if I can get my big fat butt up there and give it a try if you'd like to join me with my MH 15 by 15, go to motherhoodinhollywood.com and find out how you can be a part of it. Or you can just like, you know, join me on the Facebook or on Twitter at MIH podcast and also on Instagram at motherhood in Hollywood. Just give me a shout out. Let me know like what you're working out to what's your latest, greatest craze, that sort of thing. And, um, Yeah, we can all work out together, right? Let's all get healthy together. I mean, I'm not trying to be skinny. I've said this before. I'm not trying to be skinny um, because I do love my body. I just want my body to have a little more energy and have a little more, be more comfortable in its clothes. (laughs) You hear that body? You hear that body? I just want you to be comfortable. Uh, okay. So I think that's all the updates I have for now. I'm working on a new website. If you haven't been to motherhoodhollywood.com lately, definitely go do that. If you're listening to the show on Monday, make sure you go and check out, I'm going to be on the mom Angeles blab tonight. If you just look, go to momangelas.com and uh, go to their radio section, you can click on the blab and join me at nine o'clock tonight with them. As we talk about St. Patrick's day and uh, celebrity moms and that sort of thing. So definitely check that out on Mom Angeles. What else? Oh, coming up uh, this Saturday, if you're in the LA area, make sure you watch CBS 2 and KCAL 9 morning show around uh, 7.30 or so. I'm going to be making a guest appearance. I'm so excited. I'm going to be on there talking about motherhood in Hollywood as well as um, some Hollywood themed ideas for parents uh here in LA who have spring break coming up. If your kids are gonna be home with you for spring break and you need some ideas, I've got some ideas for you. So you definitely wanna check that out. That's CBS uh right Kate, uh CBS two KCal9 here in Los Angeles coming up on March nineteenth. Uh, around 730 in the morning. Set your DVR if you can't get up. But if you can get up, hey, do it. Watch me. All right. Um. Whoa. this mommy monologue has been really long, you guys. Woo. I'm going to wrap it up and go right into the interview now with my friend Jill Alexander. Enjoy. So tell me, first of all,
1: how old is your daughter? My daughter just turned four this week. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's so cute. She's getting big.
0: And her name's Alan, right?
1: Her her, her name is Alan, yeah. We spell it with a Y. She's named after her granddad. Um, I offered up a bunch of names to my husband. He didn't offer up any in return. And then (laughs) when we found out she was going to be a girl, I said, how about we just name her after your dad? And he went, yeah, that's what I had planned all along. So he tricked me. But we like the name.
0: Oh, I do too. I think it's really cool. Um, In L.A., you find lots of weird names like Turnip and, you know. Yeah,
1: there's two Jaggers at her preschool. (laughs) Two Jaggers. Get out of here. It's very rock and roll.
0: (laughs) That's awesome.
1: Um, So I have to
0: tell you, the first time I ever heard about you in L.A., I was in an acting class with Leslie Kahn. And she was telling everybody, you have to check out jill alexander's website jill for prom Queen.com, and i was like what a great name for a website and so i it always stuck with me and of course i stalked her website and i was like this lady is really great and this was years ago and you've done so much more since then um do you still teach classes because i think she was recommending you for teaching um commercial workshops and stuff i do like
1: that. i teach one commercial workshop a month and then i do some consulting for actors who for the most part want to get into commercials but really anything if they've hit a roadblock my clientele tends to be people who aren't self-starters for some reason or who have hit some sort of a roadblock with uh, they were pursuing another career they had a family issue they had a health issue and they just need some support to get back on track
0: no, what do you mean by self-starter? You mean sometimes they just need a little motivation? It can be
1: very overwhelming yeah. to figure out what you're supposed to do to get an acting job in sure. this town. Mm-hmm. And there's no step-by-step process. You talk to 100 different people, they'll tell you 100 different ways to do it. Mm-hmm. So what... I'm trying to help people do is to figure out what the appropriate path is for them to get the right headshots, uh, get on the right path, secure representation, and get going without, <laughs> without trying to sell them a motivational DVD or right, sell them right. a book. Just to really um, be there as a, as a mentor and to help to guide people.
0: And I think one of the reasons that Leslie Kahn, who is a really well-known um, comedic acting teacher here in LA, I think one of the main reasons she was recommending you is because you do work. Like you're you're actually a working actor, so you know what you're talking about. Um, I know how many commercials now have you done? Over a hundred. Over a hundred. That's crazy bananas. I I don't even think I've had a hundred auditions ever. <laughs> <laughs> that's so incredible do you find that um now it's just like no big deal I walk in and it's you know it's
1: I like commercials for a day job I think they're a a fine wonderful alternative to waiting tables or Mm -hmm. I I mean there's something I could never get a job waiting tables Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) try as I might um but Commercials are very much about just putting your personality out there, being your most charming self and not worrying so much about the acting part of it or the being part of the creative process part of it, but just getting a job and making some bucks so that you can pursue whatever else it is you want to do, whether it's TV, film, being a DJ, uh, being a musician, doing photography. So um, commercials to me are like a like a day job. And yeah, definitely like... It's a pretty good day job. Clocking, clock out. <laughs> I like going to work. I love auditioning. I love seeing the same group of people again and again. I made a lot of my lady friends just through waiting rooms auditions. at auditions. Auditions, yeah. And yeah, I, I like commercials, but it, it is it is uh, more routine for me than mm-hmm. than exciting. I would say at this part.
0: Um, what's been your most memorable commercial so far? I, I got know to go so to many.
1: Australia what? for a job. That's awesome. The client wanted a vacation, and the director was from Australia, so they threw th- they threw flew three mm-hmm. principals to Sydney. And um, I was there for a week, Mm -hmm. and it was great. I worked for maybe two days.
0: What was the commercial for? What were you selling?
1: Washington Mutual. Oh, my gosh.
0: And they sent you to Australia? So they
1: actually had to dress the street to make it look like the States. They had to put the cars oh, on the other side of the street. That seems
0: really extravagant. They couldn't find anywhere here in the U.S. to be able to Again, do
1: Again, they that. just had some cash, and they were willing wow. to spend it. It was a great time. A guy they hired locally to play my boyfriend mm-hmm. was lovely, and he and his wife uh, took me all around Sydney and oh, showed me nice. around. And the other two principals who flew were other improvisers that mm-hmm. I knew from. Oops! Chicago. Hold on.
0: This is probably a commercial audition.
1: It's my husband. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, it was it was a delight. Mm. Uh, so a week paid vacation in Sydney with a couple yeah, days of work.
0: That's amazing.
1: And that was a big director. A lot. The other great thing about commercials is these are directors who have done huge things, who go on to do huge things. Mm-hmm. I worked with three Academy Award winning cinematographers just wow. on commercials it's people it's not just actors right. everybody needs to supplement their paycheck and commercials have the budget so, do
0: you think commercials get a bad rap from actors do you think it's like oh well, I'm only theatrical like because I have so many friends who are desperate to get an agent and an agent will say to them well I'm not looking theatrical right now but I'll sign you commercially and they'll turn up their nose and be like no I, I, I only want theatrical
1: yeah I, I don't I don't understand that I don't either pattern at all Uh, it's
0: but have you seen that before like the snobbery I
1: I have seen that in people who um have not had success in auditions and therefore they it's it's an excuse they don't know yeah um it's an excuse to say I I don't want to do that because that's hard or I don't understand that or Mm -hmm. that's that's weird Mm -hmm. and it, it it is its own genre but it's it's a revenue source and it's an opportunity to be on set and work with great people. Yep,
0: I mean, what's your alternative? You're going to be sitting on your couch, you know, like watching te- watching other people do commercials. I don't
1: have a trust fund, <laughs> and I'm not married to someone yeah. who um, bankrolls me. Right. So some people have that. I don't.
0: I don't either. So you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Um, I so you've done over hundred commercials. Oh, and you're very active with the SAG. Um, I don't want to say fight but uh, what's going on right now with SAG and the commercial industry because there's a lot of misinformation there's a lot of confusion and I'm, I'm curious to know what's happening with that
1: so there has been a huge increase in the amount of non-union production in the past few years and this makes sense right because there are more outlets there is internet there are websites There is streaming. So advertisers want to reach out to potential consumers as much as possible, but they still only have so much of a budget. Uh, To advertise on network TV costs a lot of money. To advertise on cable costs a little less. Um, To advertise on the internet costs a little less, but also they don't know what kind of audience they're going to reach on the internet. Mm So some places have turned to hiring non-union talent in the hopes that something will become viral and and get a larger reach. The the misinformation comes from agents telling clients that because there's this huge amount of non-union work that there's then less union work. There's just as much union work however exponentially it is less than what's out there for non-union and some actors who are desperate to get a job uh, have felt like well um, if there's all this non-union work then I'm willing to put myself on sale and sell my talent for less and I'm going to take a non-union job even though I'm a union actor and that's not okay Mm -hmm. because what that does is weaken the strength of the union for everyone if everybody said yeah I'm willing to work for less then there'd be no union there'd be no health care there'd be no pension and that's that's how I support my family and that's how I um, have am creating a future for my child is with the help of the union right
0: um is there a big movement are you finding a lot of people are going FICOR like because FICOR seems it seems to feel like at least when we talk to people who are like oh just go FICOR or whatever it seems to be like this oh well I can do both That's the impression I think people have about going FICOR.
1: Most actors don't actually know what FICOR is. Mm -hmm. FICOR is paying the financial core of your dues, meaning that you wouldn't pay for any political activity that your union was... Supporting, So you might save two or three dollars off of your dues, <laughs> but you still have to pay those dues and become a dues paying non-member, which means you don't get to vote and you don't get any other perks from the union. So most actors don't understand how that works and they might say, oh, I'm FICOR, when in fact they're just working off the card, meaning that they're working both union and union, non-union jobs. Which again So is- FICOR
0: doesn't mean then, that you could work a non-union job
1: what it means is you are no longer paying you're you're a non-member so you can work a non-union job i see and but you're no because oh, you're not you're no not longer a, a, member, no longer a member yeah yeah
0: i think that gets muddled um and i think a lot of newer actors when they get started or when they first join SAC don't really fully understand a lot of that um I have found most of my friends are not active in the union at all. Yeah. Um, I wonder why that is. Do you think it's just because it sounds like it's boring and it's tedious and they want to be doing all the fun actor things?
1: I think it's because it's a huge union Mm -hmm. and it's hard to reach every single Corner of it, you know, the Writers Guild, the Directors Guild. These are small. Um, These are people who have more in common generally. Someone who writes for sitcoms still has something very much in common with somebody who writes for uh, a a film. Mm -hmm. But acting, it's so many different types and at so many different levels that it's it's hard to reach out to everyone.
0: Yeah, that's true. Now, even though you've done so many commercials. You also have done like a bajillion TV shows, <laughs> well, and films. And, um, I was like looking at your your resume and your IMDb, like, damn, Jill, if you watch TV, if anybody watches TV ever, you've seen Jill on TV.
1: You you, and you may think that <laughs> you've, you've seen met. Her met me at a wedding. Then.
0: Right. Do you get that? A lot of people go like, I yeah. know you from somewhere. Yeah,
1: that, that I have that kind of face. You but do? I'd still rather I don't want to be <laughs> recognized. I want to be able to go to the library and the grocery store. Oh, really? So yeah. you don't want
0: the fame that comes along with no. um, TV acting and all of that stuff?
1: No, that sounds awful to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you seem like you're very like mellow and chill. And like, are you like a private quiet person?
1: I don't know I think I'm just focused on my work a lot um and so I <laughs> some actors are very gregarious and mm-hmm. and want a lot of attention sure. and I I I guess that I've I've never been accused of that so much outside of the people who who are in my immediate circle now you did improv
0: um a lot right you were are you still at IO do you do so no
1: it's been a while since I've been at IO my my long time Harold team trophy wife still exists mm-hmm. however i think it's been maybe two or three years since we've did it, done since a show did it. i started improvising in chicago i went to northwestern and that's right north of chicago they had a very well-established strong college improv group mm-hmm. plus with all the access to everything that's in chicago like second, second city io mm-hmm. i i had awesome training there but it was so male-dominated at the time, this was the late 90s, that I knew I didn't want to stay besides the weather was just crap. Awful, yeah. Are you from Chicago? No, I'm from all over. My dad was in the Air Force, so oh, okay. we moved around a lot, but I went to high school in Ohio, which was about Dayton, about yeah. five hours from Chicago, so it was a good <laughs> good distance. Yeah. Um, but I had been to LA on spring break for two years because this college group I was a part of toured Mm -hmm. on spring break and um I had seen the groundlings and I was super impressed by how strong their women were and so that was what I moved out here to do and I did the groundlings for about five years I was in the Sunday company for a year and then when my time was up I really missed improv and I ran into a guy he's here he's super successful, Ethan Sandler, who I had improvised with in Chicago. And he said, Hey, our buddy Paul from Chicago is teaching a level one. I was thinking of going back to IO and I was like, well, that sounds great. I'll just go start level one and kick off the dust and meet a bunch of new people. And it was a wonderful experience to just go back and say, okay, I don't know anything. I'm starting over again. Mm -hmm. And that was 12 years ago or so. And I, Mm -hmm. I was very active there for a long time, but Now I'm focusing on my writing and my family, and improv feels like a a bowling league sometimes.
0: Hey everyone, I want to tell you about Kinsa, the world's smartest thermometer. It is truly designed to give parents peace of mind when their little ones are sick. I know I've used it many times on Channing when she isn't feeling well. I pop the thermometer in, plug it into my phone. Next thing you know, it's remembering her temperature, symptoms, medication. I can keep track of all of that right there at my fingertips. But the best part, it gives me guidance on what to do next. And it can even send that information to her doctor. That's pretty amazing if you ask me. Find out how you can get your Kinsa at KinsaHealth.com, the world's smartest thermometer. It does. It does. Like, I really miss the um, community of improv and sketch comedy. I miss, you know, going to weekly shows and stuff like that, but honestly, the idea now of... Leaving the house at like six or something to get there to like warm up and like do a show for half an hour or whatever and then drive all the way back is just just makes me tired. Yeah, I (laughs) will. It makes me want really tired.
1: (laughs) I will always love it. It will always be my first love and a skill that I use on a daily basis, Mm -hmm. both in and outside of acting. Mm -hmm. But. I was uh, working on a film last year, and we were shooting a lot on the west side. And I had a a show with a different group um, that I do genre improv with. We had a Tennessee Williams show at the Nerdist Space. Oh, nice. And so I was coming back on Sunset Boulevard, and it was going to work out that, oh, I could hit it, grab dinner, do the show before I head home. And the minute I hit that stage, I'd already been on set for 10 hours. I'd already been awake for 14, and I was like... I don't want to be here. <laughs> what am I doing? I just want to go home. I just want to go home.
0: Yeah. Do you think that that's a problem we have as actors? We just want to perform. We just want to constantly be acting.
1: What do you think? Yeah, I think we do. <laughs>
0: it's a problem. It's an addiction.
1: <laughs> it's fun, right? Yeah, Otherwise you wouldn't fun. do it.
0: That's true. That's true. Um so let's go back to the growlings for a second. I should say too that we took an acting class together. It yeah. was my first acting class post channing, post baby. And I was super nervous. That's it was at BGB. Step. And I remember walking into the room and thinking, and I don't think you were there for the very first class.
1: No, I, I had some jobs that right. that session. Yeah, You had
0: something going on. And um, I walked in and it was like me and a bunch of like, 19 20 year olds and I was like what am I doing with my life like oh my gosh everyone was so young and like so hip and beautiful um and uh it was a really great experience and then we started talking about like monologue stuff And I remember when Risa came in and everyone got super dramatic and like I was like oh I'm gonna cry this is my crying scene that like felt like therapy (laughs) like everyone was like just letting out their demons in that in that class (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah that that class um i that was with steve braun at yeah. bgb studio mm-hmm. and i love him i he's like a zen master he's for so acting great. he's been on the show he was on my podcast last fall that's he's awesome. so great he, he's, a, he's a real inspiration, and I went on to take ongoing class there for about a year, and sometimes I, I pop in and I, I sub for Steve or I teach like a one-off for Risa just because my, um, of my branding and consulting and the commercial mm-hmm. focus. They like yeah. to bring a little bit of that into their students' But that work uh, is Meisner-based, and I'd always hated Meisner. Me too. But I like their process, and it was a very nice way to um, fill out everything I'd been doing previously. The studio I was at previously was at Leslie's for a while. Right. So I felt like the work complemented Why do you
0: hate Meisner? (laughs) Because I, and I don't know if you still do, but I, for some reason, I just don't connect with it and maybe I'm just being a bad actor I don't know but it's just the repetition is not for me it's not my favorite way to learn to act
1: (laughs) (laughs) um I think honestly it was because I was very defensive about showing emotions that weren't happy and uh and positive yeah
0: so it's hard so it was challenging then for you to like pull out those darker
1: emotions maybe yeah do
0: you think that's from all the years of doing improv and comedy and always wanting no, to think make it's people purely laugh purely
1: personality based oh really that maybe that's why i was drawn to improv or comedy to begin with but yeah. some actors really love to dig into those feelings and they do i don't love to dive into <laughs> those waters but what this class did was really help me to have some tools to be able to do it and i did a straight drama this year i have a straight Um, dramatic guest star on Aquarius coming up and it's super intense that i can't wait to see it because it's not something i'm you used normally to do see yeah. that's great so like it's maybe it's helping you then break Completely. outside of your comfort yeah. zone
0: a little bit you also i saw you post on facebook you recently did uh dr ken
1: dr ken was awesome that was a great multi-cam set and mm-hmm. everyone was so lovely uh they actually rat parties friday my episode airs friday and another awesome experience Yay. I've yeah I've auditioned
0: for that show a couple of times the last time I um they had changed the sides between the time that I got the audition and when I got there yeah. so I had like made my character choices I was ready to go but not only did they change the sides but it changed the character oh. so I had sort of mentally like embraced this choice that I had made and then to in the room have them be like oh no wait it's actually these sides go back out take 10-15 minutes completely try to come up with something else and I just I'm pretty sure I just botched it
1: it was super awkward no no fault of your own
0: right yeah my I asked my manager I was like so what happened there like they said they sit on different sides and she's like oh I missed that I'm so sorry and I was like "Uh, what do you do every
1: now and then something like that yeah I mean
0: that's never happened before so I couldn't you know I wasn't like outraged by it but I just hope that I didn't stink it up too bad sure not. so they're like don't don't ever bring her back they've
1: called you in multiple (laughs) times you'll be back it's just a matter of finding the right match yeah that's what always amazes me out here is I know so many talented people and it is hard to get a job it really is and unless you're a series regular or a movie star it you have to string stuff together and that's where I feel like commercials are great yeah because it allows you to pursue the rest of it while you still have a quote-unquote acting job
0: do you feel like you can now walk into a room with the confidence of your resume behind you knowing the experience you have is there any pressure that you're putting onto yourself anymore like either commercially or theatrically when you go into the audition room or is it just sort of like, this is what I do. This is my thing.
1: No. I mean, I, I...
0: (laughs) even if it's a series regular job that comes up and it's one of those things it's like, this could change my life. I don't
1: have any control over it outside of the work that I do. Yeah. And I'm of an age where I can't try to do what anybody else wants. I just have to do what feels right. And, assume that the choices I've been making up until now have led me to success so hopefully they will continue to and I'll continue to grow
0: what's your goal what's your like dream situation
1: I have been writing and I would love to sell one of my pilots and show run it and give myself a great recurring Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I love Girl. that. I mean, I think You mean, took
0: class with Ed Lee, didn't you? I did.
1: I took it because Stephanie and class, yeah. I took
0: it. I think either right after you did or maybe a couple of sessions after you did. We took Ed's writing class and Stephanie and I and Daisy Egan who were there yeah. uh, who was there as well all just sort of were like we have to do we have to write like this is what we have to do and Ed kept using you as an example he's like "Whoa, well, my former student Jill Alexander we're like we know who she is um, <laughs> he was totally bragging about you he was like she's written these great pilots and she's got meetings and like so proud.
1: Well, it, Ed was the the key that opened the door. I'd taken classes at UCLA. I had taken classes at Groundlings. I had taken other independent classes, and somehow the way that he put the information yes. forth, everything fell into line and made sense. I have always been able to write moments and characters, me too, but never structure. Yeah, and somehow the way that Ed explained it, it really it made helped. sense. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think. Of, I think. I wonder for me, cause I think in terms of like moments and scenes and like, this will be a great way to start a show or this will be a funny bit to do in a show or like this person would be a great person to have a show about. So I think in those terms too. Yeah. Um, and honestly having to sit down and see where the arc needs to go in a half hour comedy where, uh, how you really have to flesh out your characters and get to know them inside and out and love them. And you know, even the ones you, are not that are not great characters um so that for me was really helpful i have the biggest problem with self-discipline and sitting down and actually committing to write x number of pages or just write for an hour or whatever because i get so distracted so i'm impressed that you have not just a a pilot but more than one that you've written i try
1: to write two to three hours a day obviously that falls off if i have two or three auditions but i have a very set routine and um, it, 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 my my husband and I are both writing, and because mm-hmm.
0: he, he's a writer too,
1: right? He's a filmmaker, a filmmaker. yeah. Okay. And right now he has a two movies in development and he's working on a one hour tv idea but he he writes completely different genre than I do you'd be surprised what's his genre like horror he writes horror oh, oh really yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and are
0: you doing comedy oh yes what we need to marry those two <laughs> like what's a comedic what's a funny horror movie well, like
1: Shaun of the Dead yes right? like Shaun of the Dead
0: oh that's a great example my I husband don't think will we'll
1: love we'll that ever work together he says every director who hires his wife Ends um, up having ends up having a divorce. Oh, that's yeah. true.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably true.
1: So I'm like, well, I guess when I get my show, you won't be on staff. Oh, then. Well, there you go.
0: Good <laughs> for you. Remind him that it's not just him that uh, can bring home the bacon. <laughs>
1: Um, yeah, our, our work, we, we are just workaholics working constantly and, um, you know, put the kid to bed, write mm-hmm. some more, get up in the morning, go to the gym, take the kid to work, write some more. So every free moment we're trying to finish a script.
0: Now tell me how, when, how everything changed when Alan came along. Cause before, when you, before you have kids, you have so much freedom. And I think for me anyway, I did not take nearly, take advantage nearly enough of yeah. the freedom that I had before um, before Channing came along to write to take meetings to get
1: creative and now I find that I don't have any time that's what I think about all the time is oh my god those hours when I took a nap or (laughs) went for a walk or played some dumb game on Facebook like what was I doing I want those hours back Back, yeah um if if anything it's made me work harder I went back to my first audition three weeks after Alan was born, which was really dumb because I didn't book anything for like six months. I just always am so feeling like I have to I have to keep this going, I right. have to support us, I have to m- make this happen that i i think i did myself a disservice by trying to get back to work so quickly but because my husband's schedule is flexible because he writes and then he also teaches screenwriting at one of the local film schools Mm -hmm. um he was able to be essentially full-time care for her for the first two years we didn't have to hire help one of us was always with her and whenever i had a job he could bring her to set Mm -hmm. so i get to see her i could nurse her it was pretty awesome. It was stressful, and the day she turned two, we were like, "Okay, now it's time for some preschool." But yeah. I think we were very lucky in that situation. Do you think it makes a difference that your husband is also in the industry, in terms um, of like just, just having a cre- like a like a flexible schedule? Yeah. I mean, he could be a carpenter and have a flexible schedule. Yeah, but um, I don't think just because he's in the industry made it like better or worse. Um. How involved has Alan been
0: with your creative process? Are you finding that you're writing more things that yeah. are mom related? Yeah,
1: the script I'm working on right now is a kind of a in the world of the Silver Lake mommy.
0: <gasps> I'm obsessed. I'm into I love it already. <laughs> I love it already. You posted one thing I'll never forget about um on um you were at gymnastics or something and there was like something really stupid a mom was saying and I was like, "Oh my god, I love it." But then also I was like, where's this gymnastics place i want to go <laughs> i want to take my daughter i think we actually went to um oh, i'm forgetting the name of it but it's this, the this silver lake gymnastics we've been
1: to the club the club that's it so yeah. it was at the jcc and they just built an amazing new facility in yeah. frogtown. i mean it's incredible we
0: haven't been to the new one because I, I stopped taking her last summer okay. or when she started preschool actually because it was just too much like yeah. it was like Preschool twice a week and then also doing gymnastics on top of it. But I'd like to either get her back into that or swimming. Um, she was getting bored in the class. Like she would stand at the water fountain during the whole oh, class. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm paying for this. Get over here and get on the parachute. <laughs> like, <laughs> do something besides just stand at the water fountain, please. Um, and she just sort of lost interest. Um, but she was. to to, you know which is wanting to do two-year-old things
1: we don't have a lot of yard space at Mm -hmm. our house because i live um hillside my house is a street to street lot and my backyard is basically a hill of ivy to keep it from rolling into my bedroom right right so i have a patio slab which is enough to do a little balance bike on or something but i don't have a yard so as much as we can we go to griffith park so she can run around but that's where the gymnastics was awesome when they did the toddler time where they just run around a padded room she loved it so I signed her up for twice a week and then she just you know it helped with her confidence and her movement and her balance and I mean I have no (laughs) I I don't think like she's gonna be Mary Lou Retton but (laughs) as long as it's something that helps her physically and challenges her then I'm all about it is she shy is she showing any she does not want to be on camera Uh I have taken her to three auditions where she would potentially have played my daughter in a commercial and she has she wanted broken of down it. every single time oh no and I I am I do not I mean I'm quite outspoken about the fact that I I don't I don't think it's right for parents to put their kids to work right and I just have worked with so many kids who the parents were the bread or the the kids were the breadwinner. Yeah. I mean, I was at a call back at one point, and some mom was saying to her kid, Yeah, I hope you book this because I don't know how we're going to afford gas back to <gasps> Palmdale otherwise. Oh my gosh. And not that everyone is that way, but I felt about 93% of what I saw was very much that way. People who had uprooted their families from small towns in Idaho and Oklahoma to move mm-hmm. here with this dream of my child's going to be a star and right. now they're in a Macy's commercial and doing all the work. It was yeah, it,
0: or, they'll, or they'll get one commercial and then nothing else. Yeah, and, you know, and so they get that little taste of it and they want more. Yeah,
1: but I thought, oh, something where I play her mom. She that gets could to come be fun. To set, like I'll be there the entire time. Yeah, that's fine. But other than that. Uh, David and I have both agreed uh, not until she can drive herself to audition.
0: Right. I like people ask me that. And I always say I have a hard enough time getting myself to an audition. <laughs> I can't imagine also then yeah. wrestling her into some cute outfit and pigtails like apparently is required. And then like hauling her all over town. Um, uh, that just sounds even more exhausting to me. And I just don't. I don't mean to desire to do it. If she someday comes to me and says, yes, mama, this is something I want to do. Then I'll help her and I'll support her. But. It's not something I want to force on her. And I have a lot of friends who the minute their baby came out the womb were like ready to go. I've got the agent lined up, like taking him to auditions. And I just don't, I don't want to do that.
1: I hear people say, oh, well, it will help her pay for college. college, And I feel like it's my job to pay for her college. Right. It's her job to to be a kid. Right. I don't want to I love that. I love
0: that you say that because there's a lot of people who are just like, well, it's extra money. It's free money. And I'm like, at what cost though? Lindsay Lohan? like <laughs> Lindsay Lohan even didn't even go that. to college. Maybe her mom was thinking that too and then she didn't even go.
1: <laughs> I had a call back on Friday at a busy commercial office. It's Friday at 3 o'clock and there's a ton of kids sitting in this fluorescent lit room mm. for an hour, losing their minds, waiting to be in a at&t commercial Mm -hmm. and i thought this is your friday afternoon this is what this looks like Mm -hmm. this this isn't basketball practice this is sitting in a in a waiting room right right for just a commercial just to make some dollars yeah i i don't know school play yes acting class yes like Mm -hmm. film camp yes but i don't know putting them to work is is a slippery slope
0: it is and I think parents some parents probably handle it better than others um in terms of like when they go to auditions and how often and how much they're pushing their kids and all of that um I don't know it remains to be seen she gets a little shy sometimes but for the most part she isn't she's very hammy like I am (laughs) she's very like hello um I don't know why I made Ethel Merman (laughs) she never has done that So do you ever take Alan to auditions? Have you ever like, uh, or? auditions for you that you have to go on?
1: Oh, I mean, I think it's happened once where I had to. But mm-hmm. uh, other than that, just our, our schedules have worked out where the other one has been able to be oh, with good. her. Or sometimes if we were headed somewhere, my husband would come and he would just sit with her while I had to go in. She's yeah. come in with me maybe once or twice. Mm-hmm. And she likes to observe. Maybe she'll be a director. Yeah. She'll sit on the couch and, and watch and then there ask you me go. questions afterwards.
0: I've had to take Channing a few times and I always find it to be... I'm always more worried about the other actors because I get a lot of stink eye from the other actors and she'll just be sitting there quietly or like, you know, coloring on something or whatever. And I find that there's more judgment from the other actors. Like she brought her a kid. How could I, she I think get it? You,
1: you, are you know, probably just feeling. I was that. gonna say
0: maybe I feel that sometimes, though, like people will get up and move away. <laughs> so that actually has happened. And I'm like, I'm sorry. She's not even doing anything like but some people have actually done that. But for the most part, people are pretty nice about it. The casting directors have been really nice about it. Yeah, everybody gets it. Yeah, everybody gets it. Nobody's been like openly rude or like judgy or whatever, except for the people that get up and move away. (laughs) Um, So how are you finding that? Oh, I want to go back. You were talking about um, your show ideas and your writing and how you're getting more into that. So why, um, why are you deciding to write... Now versus maybe when you first started or were you writing then? Yeah, I was always
1: writing sketch and I was in a show at IO which was current events and sketch and I love doing that. Oh, I yeah, that every it still goes. It's called the Friday 40. I just don't have time to do it um, but it's amazing and they do it at Nerdist that now. That sounds like it. Um, that's Dave Holmes who is uh, right now Esquire contributor extraordinaire. He's got a book out and cool. used to be a big fancy VH1 VJ yeah, and yeah. Scott Gimple is the other host who's the showrunner for The Walking Dead. Oh. Um, but those guys so they hilarious. do like
0: a news wrap-up of the week like current events yeah oh i love that that's cool
1: so it's 40 questions and Mm -hmm. you win 40 bucks in the end and you have to drink a 40 ounce beer or something all of that sounds amazing (laughs) they get a celebrity guest and then two two other contestants and then they've got you know they're they're kind of stable of comedians who come out and do do bits uh but I never was able to complete anything with much structure to it until Ed's class and then finally that one that got me my my lit manager and then we have two others which will go out for development season this year and yeah we'll see what happens do you find that you have had any resistance to request to be a showrunner since you don't have any, um, I mean, dude, I'm not even in the position at all right now so. to ask
0: or uh, so that would no, be like long term goal. Even if you so if yeah. you could sell a pilot right now, it wouldn't be like to also then run it and Whatever. be in it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Whatever opportunities come my way, I just want to learn and know more.
0: Yeah. Do you find that you're sort of reinventing yourself a little bit?
1: No, I don't think so. I'm just continuing to try to make my career something where I have more of a voice and writing is the way to do that it's I hear actors talk about oh there aren't any parts i don't have this i don't have that and i always think well why aren't you writing it for yourself and these characters are characters i would play Mm -hmm. they're characters who come from me and are definitely women who would be my contemporaries i write uh very strong uh female characters and in these worlds i try to make as many of these characters female as I can so if there's a mechanic if there's a doctor then why can't she be a a gal unless for some reason she has to be a man so if anything they'll if something goes, there'll be an opportunity for someone. I don't expect it to be me. But it starts with the writing. Yeah, You have to write it. And that's when someone wins an award, it's because the writing is amazing. Yeah. You know, nobody wins a great acting award for a crap piece of writing. Yeah, they that's win true. a great yeah. acting award for a great piece of writing. So that that's, that's where it all starts.
0: Are you finding, um, I know we talked a little bit about how Alan is sort of, inspiring you a little bit what um what kind of like this sounds really cheesy but like what kind of like legacy would you like to leave behind for her or like what would you
1: I don't even know what you mean I know what kind of <laughs> legacy do you want to leave behind um
0: I just want her to look back and go my mom was an actor like my mom I'm really proud of her as a writer as a performer and that sort of thing
1: oh you know I had a job last couple of weeks ago where my call time was like 5 30 so I was up at 4 and um Alan got up with me and oh that's nice I at first I was like oh this is crazy go back to bed you don't need to be up for like three more hours and then I thought well she's seeing me get up and go to work so I like that she sees that I support our family mm-hmm. and I try to do as much as I can to focus on my interests as well as hers and also that everything I'm doing is so that she has every opportunity available to her again I'm paying for college she's not going to pay for college that's why I'm working is so that she can have everything that she could possibly need to succeed in whatever it is that she wants to do
0: yeah I think that um Channing uh I tell her sometimes I have to work, like if I'm doing, you know, work like that or work in the office or whatever. And she thinks that podcasting is my work. <laughs> so she'll like, say, mommy has to work. She has podcast, And I'm like, that's right. But <laughs> I also like, I, I want her to see too that, that all of this and all of the auditions that mommy has to go on, all that stuff is a means to an end. Like there's a goal, there's a purpose, like it's a job and it's my career. And so that's what I mean by like what kind of, legacy what do you want her to see from all of the work you're doing because you do work very hard you I see that in in your the results that you get
1: just just that that's it if you work hard something will come of it and you can pursue something you love and you're interested in and still find a way to to make it work Absolutely. Well, thank you very much
0: for coming on thank the show you. today. I appreciate it. Where can everybody find you if they want more information?
1: So my website is, as you mentioned, jillforpromqueen.com And
0: Are you on the Twitter or Instagram? I am publicly.
1: I'm on Instagram. I don't tweet much and
0: Your tweets are very funny though. The stuff you do <laughs> tweet is very funny. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but Instagram I think is such a cool way to communicate, don't you? You yeah. just show people what your world is. Here's what I'm is. doing. Yep. I love it so much. I I not even my own, but just watching looking at other people's feeds.
0: Yeah. All the pictures out there. Well, everybody go and find Jill and uh you should play a drinking game one night when you're watching TV and every time you see Jill on a commercial or in a TV show, then take a drink. <laughs>
1: coconut water or green tea or right something. whatever you choose Holy and cleansing <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right you guys um we have lots more exciting stuff coming up next week make sure you go and check out motherhood for more information about jill also find us at mih podcast on twitter and motherhood in hollywood on facebook and instagram that's it you guys have a great week bye Balls.